And the moment God said, light be, he released not just, not just the, the, the visible effect of light, but all the creative power in it came out of him at a force of 186,000 miles a second. And the universe is still expanding right now at that speed because he said, light be. Now what happened to the darkness? Was there a struggle? Was there a fight? Did a fight ensue between light and dark? And light would win for a little while and then dark would come back strong and start to win again. Is that what happens when you walk into your dark room at night in your house and, and you flip on that light switch? Do you see a fight back and forth between dark and light? Are you standing there witnessing a battle of the ages as, as light tries so hard to illuminate your room? No. What happens? Darkness gets overtook. I think I'm making up words today. Darkness gets overtaken by the light. That's why John said, put that up there for us. John chapter 1, verse 1. Look at this. John chapter 1, verse 1. He's talking about the beginning. He said, in the beginning. This is what we just read about, Genesis 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Keep going. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him... Talking about the word. What word? Well, the word that began with light be. All things were made through that word. And without him, without the word, nothing was made that was made. Keep going. In him, notice this, was life. And the life was what? The light. There's life in the light. We know that God is Love, of course, but we also know that he is light. Don't limit your thinking about what the scripture means when it talks about light. Don't just think about a, a metaphorical light and darkness, good versus evil. Think about what got released, the power and the glory that, got, that came out of the being of God when he said, light be. See, you got a duck. When God starts throwing around this little word, be, things don't just begin to happen. Things happen at the rate of 186,000 miles a second. That's, as far as we're concerned, instantaneous. That is suddenly. That is immediately. You don't get any more accelerated than the speed of light which is the speed of God himself. And light is not just that metaphorical thing. He said there's life in it. There's creative life. The life was the light. There's life in the light. Now take that same thing, go back to the book of Genesis, and look and listen to the first words that ever fell on human ears. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Then God said, Let us, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, make man in our image according to our likeness. 
Now, people like to throw this around. We're made in the image of God. But look at what he was talking about when he said that. Let them have dominion. You do not look any more like your father than you do when you are exercising the dominion that he gave you. That's when you look just like your daddy. That's when you look just like your father. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. In other words, what he's saying is let them have dominion over the natural things. I'm going to create something that looks like me. What looks like him? Supernatural. And I'm going to give you dominion over natural. What does the supernatural law do? It supersedes Natural law. Is this getting too deep for you? Are you okay? Let them have dominion over the natural world, over this atmosphere. Verse 27, so God created man in his own image, and in the image of God he created him, male and female, he created them. Then, verse 28, then God blessed. God blessed them and God said to them, be. Come on. Same word he used when he released light. Be. This is what the blessing is. Be fruitful and multiply. Now, he's not just telling them, y'all go have some babies. That's not what this was about. He released that blessing. And he released that blessing with the same intensity with the same glory, with the same force that came out of him when he said, light be. That's the same thing that's happening in you right now as he's looking at you saying, blessed be. Be blessed. Oh, isn't that sweet? Thank you. I, I receive your blessing, Lord. Oh, you have no idea. You have watered this thing down so little, so minimized it that we have no concept of what it truly means to be blessed. To be blessed. And I'm not talking about something you just might develop in over time. That's fine. That's good. I'm talking about what's coming on you and overtaking you. The blessing. The blessing coming on you. I'm going to have one more scripture for you in just a moment, but I just, I couldn't get past this over the last few hours, even in the early morning hours, thinking about all the times in my life, in my marriage, in this ministry, where the Lord overtook us. Anybody ever been overtaken? And I mean overtaken by blessing. People use these words too often to describe the work of the enemy in their life. You heard how, how much people talk about how overwhelmed they are? I'm just so overwhelmed by this. It's just too much for me. Just too much pressure. Just too much responsibility. I can't take it. I can't do it. I'm overwhelmed. The Lord dealt with me years ago to never again use that word overwhelmed unless I'm talking about Him and His goodness and His faithfulness. That is the only context I will use the word overwhelmed. I do not, I do not voice being overwhelmed by financial situations. I will not voice being overwhelmed by 
a physical ailment or a sickness. I refuse to let anything else but the love and the faithfulness and the goodness of God overwhelm me. What did the psalmist say? When my heart was overwhelmed, you lead me to the rock that's way up high. Why would he put you on a rock that's way up there? Nothing can overwhelm you up there. You're higher. So we need to make that a practice. I don't, I don't refer to anything else. I give nothing else the ability to overtake me but blessing. Blessing. And I just got to thinking about all the ways over the years he has overtaken me with blessing. That started when I was just kind of minding my own business. You know, driving the speed limit, obeying the voice of the Lord, doing what he told me to do, doing what he called me to do. I remember being, what, 20, mid-20s, 26, something like that, almost 27. And I'm just serving the Lord in my parents' church. They let me be the youth pastor of that church. And I'm just, you know, preaching to teenagers and, and leading the youth ministry and doing stupid things like lock-ins, which I swear I'll never do again, and just all kinds of stuff. But you know, just loving God, serving God, diligently hearkening to the voice of the Lord my God. And I'm just moving along in life when all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I see a picture of a girl. And she, she so captivates me that I can't quit thinking about her. And to make a long story short, I asked the Lord about her one day, having never met her before, never been introduced to her. She lived in another state. I said, what about this thing with this girl? And he said, you're going to marry her. So I said, I'm going to marry that girl. Now, a lot of times, love stories, they, they can take some time, right, to develop, to unfold. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. But it was three months from the day I met Sarah that I asked her to marry me. Three months after that, we got married. So in six months' time, I met this girl, fell in love, got married, and that was 16 years ago. I got overtook. <laughs> that was the blessing of the Lord. I wasn't looking for her. Matter of fact, I had been through some things earlier in my life that just honestly were painful, really hurt. My heart was hurt. But instead of getting down and depressed over it, I'm just serving the Lord, doing what he's asked me to do, doing what my family, my parents have asked me to do. And all of a sudden, I look in the rearview mirror, and this Ferrari is bearing down on me, <laughs> catching up to me. And in a very short amount of time, I got overtaken by the blessing of the Lord. You know what would happen if you could see into the Spirit and you were driving that car in the spirit, if you will, and you looked up in that rearview mirror, you know what the scripture says you would see in that rearview mirror? Goodness and mercy. Isn't that what the psalmist said? Surely, goodness and mercy shall Look that up. That's not just them walking behind you. Other translations say, surely goodness and mercy will pursue me. Now, they're not just pursuing you to keep at an arm's length from you. They're chasing you down so that they can overtake you. And I mean in a hurry, like at 186,000 miles a second. That's getting overtaken. Amen? 
And I just started thinking about all the times through our marriage, through our ministry, stepping into our own ministry, that the Lord has just overtaken us, overtaken us one time after another. I remember, I remember there was a businessman in Fort Worth who allowed us to use his airplane when we first stepped. We were a month into our own ministry. He said, you can use my airplane. And she and I got on that airplane for the first time and we looked at each other and we said, I think this is our airplane. And we didn't say anything to anybody about it, but it just seemed right in our heart. A few weeks later, that man called and said, I want to give you that airplane. Did you hear that? Give you? Not give you a good deal. Give it to you. Give you an airplane? Come on, if you drive a Honda, 1983 Honda Civic, you paid more for that thing than I did for the airplane. We got overtaken. We got overtaken. Wasn't too much longer after that. She and I were away. We were actually here in Colorado on a little vacation, a little getaway. And I wasn't sweating the finances of the ministry, but I just noticed, I was like, Lord, we could really use a boost. <laughs> we could really use uh, a, a, a little pedal to the metal here. We could, we could use some help. And while we were on that trip, I got a call from that man's assistant in his office that said he'd like to see you when you get home. Okay. Came to his office, sat down across his desk. He slid an envelope across to me. Now he'd given to us before and it was wonderful. He said, open it. I want to see the look on your face. <laughs> I opened it up. We're just a what, maybe a year old? I don't know, not, not a very old ministry at that time. One million dollars. That's getting overtaken. It, it overtook us. And the Lord has done things like that over and over and over again. Blessing, blessed in the city. Being overtaken by blessing. Yeah, but what if you change and you're over here in the country now? Blessed in the country, being overtaken by it. Blessed when you come in. Blessed when you go out. Come on, has anybody else ever been overtaken? Maybe it wasn't a check like that, but it's something. Come on. I know you have been. You need to start going back and remembering all the ways he's overtaken you. When you were just motoring along, enjoying life, doing what the Lord told you to do, this is an important part. Hearing, hearkening to the voice of the Lord your God, being obedient, going where he said to go, doing what he said to do, and all of a sudden you look in that rearview mirror and here comes something chasing you down, pursuing you, about to overtake you. And what is it? Blessing. Not cursing. Blessing. Being overtaken by the blessing. And this is happening more and more. I'm here this morning, church, to declare it over your life. Blessing is about to overtake you. Blessing. One more scripture and we'll wrap it up. Acts chapter 8. This is so cool. We're about to see supernatural acceleration. The more you look through this book, the more you're going to find it. I have come to realize over the last few weeks that supernatural acceleration is from cover to cover. All the way through the scriptures. And honestly, it's just what happens when God shows up. Acts chapter 8. Look at verse 26. It says, An angel of the Lord spoke to Philip. I want to talk about Philip. Saying, Arise and go toward the south along the road 
which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. This is a desert road, a deserted road. You can look this up on the internet. It'll give you a map of where Philip left from, where he was headed. There is a road that went south, just like the scripture said, from Jerusalem to a city called Gaza. Now notice the angel of the Lord didn't give him any other instruction. This is a word from God and said, go, get on the road. But what happens when you diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God? He said, go get on the road. So verse 27, he arose and went and behold a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasury and had come to Jerusalem to worship was returning. Do a little study on this and you're going to find out a little, bit, a little bit more about not just who this man was, but where he had come from. It talks about him being an Ethiopian. This is not our modern day Ethiopia in Africa. This is a reference to a region that was south of Egypt. So this man had traveled a long way to come to Jerusalem to worship there and now he was headed home. Now guess which, guess which road he was on? On that one coming out of Jerusalem, headed south towards Gaza. Highway whatever, south towards Gaza. So he's on this road. Philip's on this road behind him. This guy's returning home. Says he was sitting in his chariot. Now help me out, chariot. What's that? What else does that paint a picture of? He's got horses, right? Philip's on foot. This man's in a chariot being pulled by horses. And in case you didn't know, horses are faster than people. <laughs> Sitting in the chariot, he was reading Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said to Philip, verse 29. I don't know if you're ready for this. Then the spirit said to Philip, do what? Go near and overtake the chariot. Now, how's this going to happen? Because horses are faster. We've already established that, right? Philip's on foot behind this man in his chariot. And the Spirit of God says, I want you to catch up to it and overtake it. Hmm. Overtake the chariot. Verse 30. So Philip ran to him. You got to have some supernatural acceleration to catch up to a chariot being pulled by horses. He heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, do you understand what you're reading? And he said, how can I unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come and sit with him. The place in the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, as a lamb before its shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, his justice was taken away. And who will declare his generation? From his, for his life is taken from the earth. So the eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask you, of whom does the prophet say this? Of himself or some other man? This guy's got questions. He's reading scripture, but he has no idea what he's reading. You might say he's in the dark. That's what a lack of understanding is. It's having darkness. Having questions. It's not illuminated to you. He's in the dark on this. He wants to know. He wants to understand. He said, how could I understand unless somebody explains it? And he said, I ask of you, of whom does the prophet say this? Of himself or some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth, beginning at this scripture, preached Jesus to him. Now as they went down the road, 
they came to some water. And the eunuch said, see, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? Come on. What hinders me from being baptized? Now go back with me just a few weeks. If you were here, we talked about this. All momentum begins with a moment. Begins with a moment. And the Lord said to us, this momentum, this move of God that you and I are experiencing in our church right now. I said, Lord, where did that start? And to my surprise, you know what he said? Baptisms. Baptisms. He said, that's where your momentum began. That's why all this summer long, we did not experience a slump. We didn't experience giving down, attendance down, service team down. No, we, if anything, we experienced strength. We experienced more people coming. We experienced more power, more glory. We were not losing speed. We were gaining speed. Where's that come from? How can you have that when it's summertime and everybody's gone? Come on, no, we had a moment that began some momentum for us. And he said it was baptism. Look at what baptism is about to do. He said, what keeps me, what prevents me from being baptized? Philip said in verse 37, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. So he commanded the chariot to stand still. And both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and he baptized him. Now, when they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord caught Philip away. So the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was found, and let me add this, 65 miles further down the road at Azotus. And passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. Come on. What, what did all this start with? Go get on the road. Go get on the road. And then I'll tell you what to do next. You see that chariot up there? Overtake it. There's a man up there who's hungry to understand. He's in the dark. So what does he need? Some light. So you run up there. Well, that, you know, that's, he's got horses and he's going fast. Just start running. Watch. Come on. How else does a man on foot catch up to somebody being pulled by horses? Supernatural acceleration. He catches up to him. He starts preaching Jesus to him. And what's happening? The light's coming on. The light's coming on. Light be and light was. And all the darkness that he was shrouded in, didn't see, didn't know, didn't understand. The light came on and he said, Jesus Christ is the son of God. I want to be baptized. Come on, let's dunk you right now. They get off of that chariot. He baptizes him. And as soon as he comes out of the water, Philip travels at light speed. Light speed. Talk about momentum. It does not get faster than that. Why are we talking about this? I don't know. <laughs> Except to say the Lord wants us to begin to expect it. Begin to expect it. Now, I don't know if he wants to translate you somewhere else, but would you let him if he needed to? Come on, would you let him get more done with you and through you in a moment of time 
more than what took you weeks and months previously? Would you let the Lord accomplish more through you in a year than used to you could accomplish in 10 years? Would you let him do that through you? Would you let him do that for you? Would you let him be, let, would you allow him to strengthen and enable you to be the light that overtakes somebody's darkness? Huh? Get out on the road, right? And you start catching up to them. I, I, I don't know what all we're seeing in this, but I, all I see in it is supernatural acceleration. And Lord, you want to do something like that? Do it with me. You can do it with me. Amen. Somebody say, do it with me, Lord. Stand on your feet. Hallelujah. What's all that mean? I'm really, I'm honestly not totally sure, <laughs> but I'm expecting it. I am expecting some supernatural acceleration. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith.